Welcome back, everybody. It is the Meltonoff Sports Show, hosted here on 91.5 WBIM. And it is the last show of this semester here on the air, in studio. And, of course, I am joined in today on this lovely Tuesday evening with Ryan Brown and Zach Lacey. How are we doing, fellas? Doing all right. <laughs> a little sad it's the last show of this semester, but, you know. Yeah. yeah. Right in the feels, you know, right in the feels. But, nonetheless, we'll, we'll trudge on the next two hours with uh, nothing but the best hard-hitting content and analysis that you really just can't get anywhere else. And we're going to start how we always start every week, football and the Patriots specifically, their uh, 34-13 win over the Cincinnati Bengals, which was expected for the most part. We were saying how we really weren't expecting much out of this game, like much to pull from, much to sink your teeth into. Like they're really, you know... If they blow them out, they blow them out, good. That's what they should do, and they did that. So not really a ton to take away, but just regardless, we got to give some thoughts. My first thought is just a little bit, a little bit of optimism with uh, Nikhil Harry specifically. Made a few grabs, only two recorded catches, but he had that one with the OPI. That was questionable, but it was a great grab. And he had the touchdown catch, of course. Should have been his second on the year. But I liked at least... What we did see from him, and we saw him out there a lot more. We uh, He had a few run plays as well, a few uh, jet sweeps, and I like that. I, just a little bit of encouragement, and I'll, I'll take what I can get. Look, I mean, they won the game by 21 points, but like we said last week, I needed to be wowed when they played the Bengals right. this week because of how bad the Bengals' defense is. Was I wowed? Not even a little bit. Mm-hmm. Nikhil Harry, his touchdown great. Shoney Michelle runs for 89 yards still doesn't impress me at all. Brady throws for 128. Like, defense scores another touchdown. Gilmore two picks. Jackson two picks. That's great. That's Andy Dalton. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you would expect, you would have liked to see Michelle go off. If anything, that is the worst rush defense in the league bar none. Yeah. And yes, he ran for a little over four yards of carry, something like that. But Still, didn't even get over the 100 mark. The team as a whole rushed for, ran for 175. That You would like to think that was expected. Um, and to your point last week, you did want to see them just run it down their throats, and that's kind of what they did because, once again, the pass offense just just mediocre at best. Yes, they had Brady had two touchdowns, no interceptions, but just – a 50% completion percentage yet again and a lack of complete lack of yardage against a pedestrian pass off uh, pass defense of the Bengals just I don't know I, I just the fact that they got off to such a slow start down down three points after one only up three at half just yes they they took care of business in the second half but that's I mean, waiting until the second half to put away the Bengals is kind of not great. It was very annoying to go down, go up seven, or go down, score a touchdown. You're up seven nothing, and the Bengals just run seven straight runs and just run it down your throat all the way down to the yeah. the red zone. That first drive that you just mentioned was their only sustained like drive of the entire game. Came first four or five minutes of the game. The only reason the offense scored the rest of the game was because the defense put them in short fields. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that the end of the first half was so infuriating. I mean, 
they get close, and then they have to settle their defense. Uh, sorry, their special teams bails them out. Matthew Slater and Bethel, just great play, timed it perfectly. I mean, you got another short field, and you can't do anything in the red zone. You have to settle for a field goal, and it's just those are the chances against good teams, playoff-type teams like the Ravens, whoever, the Chiefs. You're not like those types of sequences are what loses you those types of playoff games, those big games against talented teams that are going to make you pay for only getting three at the end of the first half instead of seven. And they're ineffective with the two-minute drill. That much is very evident here. We've seen it time and time again this season, and they showed it again end of the first half against the Bengals. That was just infuriating, infuriating. Jonathan, welcome to the studio. Would you like to provide any of your thoughts from that? Just not fun Bengals game. Um, yeah, good to good to be here, Ryan. Welcome back in studio. It's Thank been a you. while. Um, but yeah, I mean, just just more of the same from the Patriots. I mean, the margin of victory was pretty strong. They covered the spread, but once again, that was all, you know, a product of the special teams and the defense. The offense really didn't do anything. I mean, yeah, I mean, the offense still looked bad against one of the worst defenses in the entire league. So, you know. Yeah, they won, which is good, but as far as positives go, nothing really changed. Defense was terrific, but it's been terrific all season. Offense was putrid, and it's been putrid for the last two months, so didn't really take anything away from the game. I will say they let up 164 yards on the ground and had zero sacks. Yeah, well, the defense, it's the offense and defense didn't play any different than they played all year. I agree. Is, is, is what I really am getting at. Yeah, and still, you haven't really seen a whole lot from Sanu. You haven't seen him really start to flash or really do anything. Again, guys like Edelman, who have been grinding out this season still, not against the Bengals. He wasn't effective, obviously. He looked really bad. But in general, he's having quietly one of the best seasons of his career. And Sanu, I don't know what he's got going on. Like, I know it's uh, the high ankle, right? But... Seriously, at, at what point is he going to figure it out to some capacity? Him and Brady can't figure it out. Brady didn't look good either. But again, Sanu, since the Pats have acquired him, uh, 148 yards on 37 targets, three drops, fewer than 25 yards in five out of his six games, zero catches on three targets delivered 20-plus yards downfield. And, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what they have to do to get him going because Edelman needs help, and he's been doing it pretty much by himself the entire year. I think it's pretty obvious that he's banged up. He mm-hmm. got a uh, ankle sprain on that punt return he had, I think, against Philadelphia. I'm not sure which game it was. But uh, him and Edelman playing on Sunday, when they both are clearly hurt, to me is an indication of just how little the coaching staff thinks of the offense. Because the Bengals are 1-12, one, one in 12, right, going into the game. If there's any game for you to rest, Edelman and Sanu, and let the young guys get all the reps, and still you should hypothetically, you know, win that game no problem, it would have been the game on Sunday. And they threw him out there. And that says that says to me that they thought that they possibly couldn't beat the Bengals if Edelman and Sanu didn't play because they just have no faith in the offense outside of, you know, a few guys. Well, I mean, you look at it, the wide receivers combined for six catches for 37 yards and one touchdown, and that's with Edelman and Sanu. Yeah. They had nothing from Myers, nothing from Harry, where, really, where except has, for that touchdown. Where has 
Dorsett gone. He wasn't on the field. He just, yeah. I, I feel like at the beginning of the year, it was all, oh, you know, Dorsett, 25 and 25 on his last, you know, 25 targets and all that. I mean, is he just, is this another example of just these wide receivers are just so, so awful that they, they can't run routes and they can't get on the field? Uh, this game was very evident that they were trying to get the rookies on the field more and more. And even in four wide receiver sets, like Dorsett wasn't out there. He right. just didn't play that much. And I think it was, they were trying to get Myers and Harry more work and get them more trust with Brady because they know that they're just better players than Dorsett when, when it comes down to it. And it's just the trust factor right now they don't have with Brady. The fact that James White led receiving with three catches <laughs> and 49 yards is, I'm sorry, it's, it's embarrassing. I'm not saying that it, it's a, a bad for James White himself, but the fact that we have to rely on our not even our starting running back to carry the wide receiver corpse is it, this that just can't happen. That cannot. That is not a formula for success. Come the playoffs, right? That's like a solid game. Like that's like a solid game from James White. Absolutely. And if you have Edelman catching nine and another guy catching six, then you're okay with that. Mm-hmm. But if he's your go-to option out of the backfield and they just double him, like what? Yeah. Yeah, what are and going for? I I think uh, we got to really level our or see where our like concern level is for Brady. And I mean, after last week, he had uh, the bag of ice taped to his elbow, and he was seen in warmups uh, between throws for the Bengals game, shaking out his arm after every throw. And I think it's just a it's got to be a factor. It's got to be a factor in play and going forward because yes, he's one of the. He takes care of his body, bar none, better than probably anybody that you know has ever played in the league. I mean, it's ridiculous. But apparently, he hit his elbow on a helmet right after a throw, and you know, no amount of avocado ice cream is going to save you from that. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know how much this lingers. I don't know how much it affects him and the team going forward. I mean, Bill said during his uh, conference call that it's you know overall Tom hasn't been able to practice a whole lot this year. Um, that's partially why they have Cody Kessler on still because, like had Jonathan had said way back, like at least a month plus ago, that they were keeping Kessler on because he had to take care of the practice squad and Stidham was taking a lot of the first-team reps because Brady simply needed load management. And I think that's definitely affected them. I, how could it not? So I don't know. I don't know how this offense recovers in the next two weeks. I don't know if they have enough time. Maybe. But, man... The hopes are dwindling here for this team, and there are Super Bowl chances. Look, we're going to find out a lot on Saturday. It's going to be a huge game. I mean, they don't win, then you're play- you're probably playing on Wild Card Weekend, no, they, and they're, they're not winning. They're definitely they playing on Wild Card Weekend. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say they'll lose. The they're not losing the division because they they own the tiebreaker even if they even if they lose. I just mean Wild Card. I know. Weekend. I know. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. All right. Thanks. I thought you were going to go and say they're playing in the Wild Card game because they're going to be a Wild Card. All right. Card All right. Team. If they can't beat the Bills. <laughs> They're not beating the Chiefs. They're not beating the Ravens. So, like, they won't even beat the Texans. Not that they would even be in that ma- kind of match. Yeah, but, but yeah. they're not beating them either. I, I agree. Like, the, this, the, oh, go ahead. This team's got to show up something this weekend. And Edelman and Sanu, I, I hope they're healthy. If they're not, it might be a long day for the Pats fans. Yeah, my hopes are not definitely not high going into Saturday. I still think hopefully the team will win, but. I don't expect anything out of the offense. I mean, they only put up 16 last time, and I know that was in Buffalo, but I don't expect anything, really. 
the, the only chance this team has at, a, at another Super Bowl run is if the defense just plays completely out of their mind like they were the first eight weeks and just plays at an absolutely historic level and just sets up the offense consistently with short fields. That's literally the only way I can conceptualize them making a deep run at this moment. Yeah, it's yeah, like that Broncos totally team with Peyton yeah. or that uh, Ravens team with Trent Dilfer. Yeah. yeah, Still the worst quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. True. There's been some uh, bad ones. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, for this team, again, like, they've been able to figure things out late in the season down the stretch, obviously last year. But you're going up against a Bills team, albeit at home, with a legitimate defense. And who knows, if Josh Allen can not turn the ball over a bunch like Andy Dalton or Sam Darnold or – Anybody else, pretty much, that has looked putrid against this Patriots defense. Then, including Josh Allen. Right. Yeah. Well, including Josh Allen. But, again, if he's able to just keep things under control for, I don't know, just enough drives where the, you know, the offense isn't going to get the ball on the freaking 18 or, like, the 30, uh, that's, like, their only chance, really. But, again, I don't trust this offense to take advantage of all the gifts that this defense gives them because they've proven against bad teams like the Bengals that they will just fork up those those freebies all day long. Yes, they will score enough usually to win. That's why they've had a good record all year. That's why the defense has been able to mask the offense's uh, ineptness, but it's going to cost you at some point, and I really hope it's not this weekend because things could get ugly real fast if that happens. Look, I mean, every team in the NFL steals stuff from other teams. The Bills watch the Ravens. Play the Pats. Yep. They're going to run the ball down their throat. Josh, there's going to be quarterback design runs. Devin Singletary is going to be running over this defense. And even old man Frank Gore is probably going to run for oh, 50, God. 60 yards. Frank Gore already, go off again. already ran over this defense right. back in September. <laughs> Didn't he have 100? Yeah, yeah, he had like 100. He At one point, I think he had like 10 carries for like 109 yards or something. <laughs> yeah. It was unbelievable. If, if Josh Allen didn't wasn't made to play the fool and looked like a JV quarterback that game, they they honestly probably should have won that game. Right. Yeah. I mean, if he didn't get that concussion. Yeah. Uh, Mark Sanchez did his best to, like, yeah. Matt Barkley. Matt, Matt Barkley, Barkley yeah. Sorry. <laughs> USC guys. Yeah, USC facts. guys. <laughs> but you're not scared of, any, like, their wide receivers. I mean, John Brown's good, but you got Gilmore. You're not scared of that. And then I know you love Cole Beasley, Dan, but. Yeah, like, not that much now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He didn't put up 40 for me. And then, what, Dawson Knox? Like, come on. this yeah. The passing game is not going to be there, but if they can't stop the run, I don't know, man. Well, we already saw one, the the Bengals just ran for a hundred and right. So and it still wasn't enough because they decided to still throw the ball half the time. Right, and that went very well for them. Yeah. So I anticipate more of the same against the Bills, and it's just going to be can the offense continue to convert on the opportunities? And I got a I got a question for you guys. Where, speaking about you know the defense, um, where has Jamie Collins gone? I feel like the first you know. Seven, eight weeks. I mean, there was talks of him being the depoy. I mean, he was a stud when you looked at, like, through the first five or six games. It was, like, on track. Jamie Collins, like, 13 sacks, like, eight picks, like, 20-something quarterback hits. And I just – I feel like you haven't heard his name in weeks. Where is he? Yeah, count's way down. I don't know what it is exactly. I don't know if there's certain coverages that he's just been shaky on and they decided to, I don't know, stick with other guys like Bentley or who else or – I don't know. I have no idea what's going on with him. Um, well, look, it's been a, it's been tough with him, Hightower, and Van Noy. They're not great in pass protection. Yeah. And so true. having three of them out there at the same time and then trying to cover one of the shifty running backs is 
not ideal. Mm-hmm. So they've probably been going elsewhere and maybe only having two of those guys on the field at once. But my question is why why were they so six? I mean, is it just because of the, the trash they were playing at the beginning of the season that yes. they were able to yeah. keep them out there? I, 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 I totally think that. And, I, and we've also seen this script before with Jamie Collins. Right. When he was on his way out, this is exactly sort of what kind of happened. Freelancing and I don't know if he's been freelancing as much. I think that that sort of has been corrected, but... Again, we've seen this script before, yeah. so it wouldn't be. I'm not saying he's about to get the boot or traded or anything like that in the off season, but well, he's a free agent. So. Yeah, yeah. And again, going back to the Pats' offense real quick, because this Bills regime under Sean McDermott, they have fared well in pretty much every meeting. And five meetings with the Bills, uh, Brady averages 216 yards passing a game, three TDs, five picks. Longest completion is only 32 yards in those five meetings. Well, that's double the passing yards he had last week. So. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. Those yeah. are some really I don't think our host would I ever know, but those, those are no, some that's, there. That's Three a, touchdowns, five picks since Sean McDermott has been the head yes. coach of the Bills? Can confirm he's reading straight from wow. his phone. Yes. Has so, Brady I mean, played all those games? Was there one, like, at the end? Was that uh, Was there one well, at the end of the season? Or these are... Those are Brady's. These are stats. Brady's, not not the Patriots meetings. Yeah, These are Brady the, against Sean McDermott. Yeah, he didn't say yeah, what the okay. Patriots win loss record was. Right, right. I know, I know. But that that's just Bra- Brady's raw numbers in their meetings against the Bills with Sean McDermott as the coach. Wow. Pretty, so yeah, that's pretty awful. Yeah, it it, it is, and <laughs> especially because he's been there a few years, and Brady was not this bad last year, or he obviously had more weapons, and that Bills diesel legit, and your offense has gotten worse. I mean. When you think about it, it's counting one game this year and then two the previous two, and he was the MVP in 2018. So yeah, he probably threw three. He probably threw three touchdowns and 300 <laughs> yards that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, helped his average just a little bit. But so yeah, you you got to worry about that. I mean, you lose this game, the implications are very very much consequential because I don't think any of us in this room think that the Patriots. Regardless of what happens after the Bills game, if they lose against the Bills, they are not going to go through the wild card and then on the road to the Super Bowl. They don't have that capability if they drop this game to the Bills. I don't see it. They'll be praying for a Chiefs loss in the, down in the last two. And you, I don't know if that's going to happen. You can talk me into the Patriot, into me believing the Patriots can beat any team. But it stops with Baltimore. There is not a single chance they go into Baltimore and win. Not a chance. The only shred of hope is you have to get out in front of Baltimore. You have to jump on them like they jumped on you. Yeah. So you have to jump on them, 14 nothing. force them into more of a spread offense, which we've hardly seen any of because they haven't had to. And so we don't know if they're even capable of it. Can Lamar run a spread offense? I don't know. But... That would be the situation. You want, you want to put them out of their comfort zone because they're just used to running the ball 40-something times down your throat and just not so much cruising, but just having control of the game flow and, and the scoreboard. So you have to take that away from them, and that's your only hope. And yeah. I don't know if they can do that. I mean, I, I wouldn't expect them to because they struggle against the run, and Baltimore is the best with the run. So yep. I, don't, I, I just don't see any way. No, no way. The only no way, how. the only way I see it getting to Ryan's thing is if we get the ball, has to get the ball first, go down, score, and then you get a turnover six, mm-hmm. like pick six, fumble six. Yep, that that's what that's you're it. hoping for. Yeah, but but that's <laughs> what the Pats have been doing all year is they right. get these turnovers and they score touchdowns. Uh, like so, 
know. You leave the door open for that. You're yeah. not going to rule it out. But at the same time, the odds of that happening... Right. Probably not. The, the odds yeah. of the Pats actually going down and scoring touchdown on the opening <laughs> drive. The more likely thing is that they get a pick six, then go down and score on the opening drive. And I miss wouldn't even the extra be point. confident with them scoring a touchdown. Whoa, whoa. Not missing the extra point. Nick well, Folk. Nick Folk is money. a god. That's true. <laughs> Two for two again this week. Hey, guys mon- unreal. Money inside like 43, hey, hit 44. A 40, no, I hit a 46. You did Barely. 46. Barely. Did it go in? Yeah. Okay. I, they said that's its max. I, I, I sure <laughs> hope he can do that in the playoffs. That would be nice. True, it would absolutely. I don't. I, I don't know what his playoff experience is. He might have some from his Jets days, but he sure doesn't isn't going to have the same sort of kicking experience in big time games like Kostowski had. That's for sure. Well, I mean, that's yeah, that's pretty incomparable. Other than Vinatieri, yeah, yeah. I just hope they don't get to a point where it's like game winner. You know, it's like it's almost like the Rams last uh, last year in the Super Bowl when uh, Gostowski had that last field goal, <clears throat> and apparently Belichick wanted to go for it, and Brady was telling him, "No, no, 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 no! Like we we need to kick this. Like we can do this. Whatever." Because obviously Gostowski had been inconsistent for a while, and I I just don't want them to get to that point where they have to make that decision, like. We either have to go for it here and risk losing these three points, or we have to just trust Nick Folk that he can put it through the uprights and keep us in this thing. I like those are the moments that are going to freak me out going forward. That's all. And the guy's been good. I did not expect that much from him, especially after Mike Nugent came and went. But he's been good. He's been as good as you could possibly ask for. Um, as for for having what being on your fourth kicker. I mean, and they could have had Youngway Koo. They could have had Youngway. We all know that fantasy god, <laughs> except when it mattered most in the semifinals. But anyways, um, yeah. So Patriots got a big game this weekend, and it's a Saturday one. I kind of like that. So no complaints here. But I will pray for the offense because I think it's going to be another barn burner. Both teams like under twenty points, twenty max maybe. Because yeah, twenty I, combined max, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it, it's gonna be an ugly one. I, I like. I think we can all be pretty confident in saying that it's gonna be an ugly one. But um, yeah. Do we do we want to? I mean, we can give an update on the whole Spygate 2.0 type a deal. You know, just at least mention what's going on because the Patriots could could get punished pretty heavily here, um, from what some people are saying, like more than a fine. Potentially lost of a loss of at least one draft pick, and a potential suspension of someone in upper management for what went down in Cincinnati or Cleveland rather, um, what, last week, two weeks ago. So, yeah, that's tough. The video got released on Sunday, uh, leaked to Jake Glazer, who broke the first Spygate story, and it got posted. And basically, you got to get the exchange between the Bengals and uh, their security and the Patriots uh, videographer. And, yeah, and in my point of view, it sounded bad. It made you look a lot worse than you already did. And th- with their reputation and everything, for the guy to offer to delete the footage and the way he sounded asking, it just, I don't know. I think I think they're porked. I think they're going to lose at least one draft pick and probably get fined something around, like, the deflate gate, like 500K which is not good, especially 
You don't know how long Brady has. The last thing you need now is to lose draft capital. Right, and if you lose draft capital, you might lose Bill for a portion of the season next year if, if the suspension comes to that. Yeah. Um, it it doesn't look great. And the fact that reports came out last week that it, the decision was supposed to come in by Sunday, and now we're still waiting on the decision. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan was even saying, like, if this isn't yeah. wrapped up by Sunday, the longer this goes on, the worse it is. And, man, like... We're at Tuesday. Let's see. It's looking worse by the day. Wait, I don't yeah. believe me. I don't want to talk about any of this. I would rather just never, never even touch on it. But it got. It's getting to this point now. Like at first, Diana Rossini comes out, and you know it's Zach Taylor at the you know podium, whatever. And then immediately Schefter and Rappaport come out. Oh no, no, they were credential. It's all good. And then whatever Cincinnati had or, like, whatever's on those SD cards, man, it, it can't be good. And we only have that eight-minute exchange or really that in-between right there. We don't know what was on the rest of the 30-plus minutes of the actual cameras of those videographers. And one of them even released a statement, guy that's been there for 18 years apparently, and it just n- – none of it looks good. And uh, Brewski, Teddy Brewski spoke on it today on ESPN – and it, it's literally just like you're. Out, I'm outraged because why would you even risk it? Why would like why would you even go up there? There's no need for it. And the fact that they got caught, the dude was wearing a Bruins sweatshirt. I mean, come on, like it's just infuriating because it opens up the wounds of everything else in their past, and it's taken away from all the crazy officiating that's going on in the league. It's overtaking like pretty much everything, and. Who knows what the punishment is going to be, and who knows how the Patriots respond. Historically, they fight. So, I don't know. I just think this is a developing story, obviously. That's going to – it could get a lot bigger. Yeah. Uh, You can go, Zach. Go ahead. All right. Um, Everything we say now, you know, is all speculation. So, you know, no one really knows exactly what the punishment is going to be, but – if the Patriots escape this with a hefty fine, that's by far the best case scenario. Because money, you know, five—you said five hundred k or even a million. That, yeah, that's, that's nothing. That's nothing. They pull in like, over that every game. Like, yeah, huh. that's like that's like taking twenty bucks out of my wallet, like for even Whoa, probably you less got twenty bucks in your wallet. No, 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 no. Oh, big spender. <laughs> no, no. This kid's buying all our five dollar movie tickets. <laughs> but, uh, but I just don't. I don't really think it's, like, I understand that we have to get into it and talk about it, but I just really don't think it's worth, like, really losing sleep over until, you know, you find out what the punishment is. And then you can assess that and decide whether or not it's massive or not. Right now, I just, I hate the stuff in, on Twitter that's come out about the Ravens 360 view yeah. thing and people are freaking out. Oh, why aren't they getting fined? This is public access stuff that every team in the league uses, not a single videographer just sitting there and filming the sideline and what these guys' hand motions and stuff are doing. Didn't even have the field, just had the sideline. Yeah, and it, so that just seems like really petty Patriots fans to me that are just pissed that the pass got caught. Well, those are just those are the people that literally think that there's people that work in the league office that wake up every day in the morning and their one main goal in life is to make sure the Patriots lose. Yeah. Yeah. 
And again, we're not going to, you know, just need to at least talk about it for a minute, just with the updates. Because again, last week, it really seemed like, oh, wow, we just got like, you know, almost hood, not like hoodwinked, but like a tease of like another Patriots scandal. And then all of a sudden, it it just turns out that it seems like a pretty legit one and they're probably going to be punished for it. Obviously, at least a fine. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see from there. It's just, it's really, it's really annoying that this has to come up again. And especially, they were filming the Cincinnati freaking Bengals. I mean, come on. And for any team, it would be terrible. But, yeah. So there's the update on that. The whole Patriots, Spygate 2, whatever you want to call it. We'll see what happens. But, again, we got plenty more to get to. Uh, NFL Week 15 and our mortal walks and our fantasy favorites. Week 16. Week, well, I was saying, well, we could always... 15th game. No, no, he, Dan saying we're going to go over Week 15. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, if we could you just... You know, like some cool stuff just, that happened. Just touch on Week 15 real quick. Yeah, that's all. Um, and just notably, a few interesting matchups that have obviously a lot of implications, the Titans and Texans game. That was a big one as well for that division. It's neck and neck between those two now. Texans win that one 24-21. Ryan Tannehill, though, it's just ridiculous. This guy all of a sudden just snap the finger. He's hot. Finally loses. And Marcus Mariota, nowhere in sight. And it looks like it's uh, Tannehill's team. But, again, they're 8-6 now. Texans, as long as they can uh, hold their water for the rest of the season, they're going to win that division. Um, Man, is Ryan Tannehill going to get paid? Oh, yeah. Tannehill, oh, thrill, he's, baby. He's getting paid big time. Uh, so that's that's just, to me, I didn't think that guy had anything left. I thought once he left Miami, that's it. He's going to be a journeyman for the rest of the way. But kudos to uh, Ryan Tannehill, uh, literally resurrecting his career. Seattle Seahawks move into pole position with their win over uh, the Carolina Panthers. Man, you love to see it. You love to see Seahawks have success. You love to see them <laughs> rise to the occasion, Ryan. And you'll love to see the 49ers still hot, but it's not their division. It's okay. It's okay. It's the Seahawks division. We all know it. Uh, they've just they've won so many one-score games this year. It is insane. I don't know how many it is off the top of my head, but it feels like almost every single game they play in is a one-score game. Yeah, but... To criticize the Seahawks a little bit, that game sh- shouldn't have been a one-score game at all. The Seahawks were up big, big, big in that game in, like, the third quarter, and they let Carolina come back. So that's a little concerning if you're a Seahawks fan. But, yeah, I mean, win's a win. They have the – the division is theirs. They just got to – they control their own destiny. So good for them. I see no reason why they shouldn't win that division. They they should beat – San Francisco and Seattle no in way. Week 17. They already beat them on in San Francisco. Yeah, they're not winning that game. Oh, that's <laughs> they're not winning that game. I can guarantee you that. Right. You can mortal lock that thing right now. It's San Francisco. Oh, sir. Right. Four, San Francisco. Four, four, four? Oh, easily. San right. Francisco. Dan, get in on, on the board. Dan, get in on it. What's the exact bet? The week 17, San Francisco over Seattle. Week 17, Seattle over San Francisco. No, I have to take Seattle because I have yeah. Seattle yeah, we winning know. a yeah, yeah. yeah. Get in on get in on the. Se- I, ha- yeah, I also have them winning the division, but no, the 49ers are gonna win that game. No, <laughs> quit lying to yourself. San Francisco might lose this week. 
They're, no, so the Rams, the Rams are so bad. They're such frauds. Yeah, you I just can, got I can't wait absolutely to touch on that later. smacked by the, the Cowboys. The Bay Area is just full of fraudulent. You are teams. capping so much. Ca- Oakland Niners. Oakland trash. Yeah, trash. Well, terrible take by me. Trash. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you that you didn't want to believe us. Yeah. How do, okay. how do we feel about uh, Eli getting another dub, probably his last one of his career? He's still trash. They might win this week. Yeah, but he's not going to play. Oh, he's not? No. Mm. Danny Dimes back, baby. No. Eli got his moment in the sun. It's all good. It's got his moment, played the Dolphins, you know, gets to leave MetLife as a winner. 500 quarterback. 500 quarterback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is... <laughs> oh. You know, whatever, man. I mean, he, he's going to make the – he's going to be in the Hall of Fame because he – Won two Super Bowls by the skin of his teeth, but the he's, he's trapped. Yeah. He's a, not a he's a, Philip Rivers, like they're not good quarterbacks. Uh, Eagles taking down the Redskins, and obviously neck and neck with the Cowboys after they demolished just a terrible, terrible team in the Los Angeles Rams with no quarterback, uh, terrible coach who doesn't know who to have his quarterback throw to, but I digress. Uh, yeah, they're neck and neck. NFC East, terrible. Like, that division has been garbage all year. You got two 500 teams that are going to play next week. Hopefully, whoever wins that, just win your last game and be above five, 500, please. Nah, please be 8-8. The only good thing to come out of that Philly game this week was that Absolutely outrageous scoop and score at the buzzer oh, to get the Philly cover. Yeah, gamblers rejoice. <laughs> that, that was amazing. That was a shame. That that was <laughs> wild. What a beat. But yeah. What a beat. What a bad beat. All right, though, but Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins, he looked terrible in his first couple of stars. He looked good he on that Sunday. one 75-yard pass. That yeah, was, it's F1. That was nice. Yeah, he, looked, he looked competent. And give him another year, they get another top five draft pick. Uh, he might have something there. But you also got to know who that owner is. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And the general manager and their whole front office is They'll just probably mess miserable. It up. They'll probably mess it up. They probably will. Def- I mean, they like definitely will. But I'm just saying, <laughs> maybe he does a little crappy and then gets released and gets to go somewhere else and play right, for, an, right. play for Dwayne, a real organization. Dwayne Haskins was looking like a complete bust, yeah, right, the first yeah. couple weeks. And now, you know, maybe they might have something there. Still too early, but... You know. oh, so, oh, so it's too early on him, but not too early on Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry's going to the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm going to Ken, actually, uh, after, this, uh, after this show. And I'm camping out for uh, the next 20 years. All right, Dan, go on. Beautiful, beautiful, Jonathan. Um, so the 49ers obviously drop to the Falcons after just a rough, rough finish mm, for good, that game. Good, good job by Jimmy G to get that must-win game yeah. to stay in the division. <laughs> well, you know... You got to drop one that you weren't expecting to every now and then. Oh, okay. Not his you fault. Know. The defense couldn't hold us. Falcon, the game. Falcons True. scored two touchdowns to win that game. Yikes. That was. Oh. Yikes. <laughs> not just one. They scored an Austin Hooper touchdown that got taken off the board. And then that they, was not a touchdown. That was a touchdown. That was not a touchdown. Touchdown. I think we have an Austin Hooper owner in the room. <laughs> well, this Austin Hooper owner is. Austin Hooper, <clears throat> governor, is. Oh, oh, my. oh, but what is Dan Snyder? <laughs> He's a governor of. Oh, but you just called him a, an you owner stop. about two minutes ago. <laughs> you stop. Yeah, I, I'm gonna. I'll be issuing an apology tonight on all Please. social media accounts. Uh, it's gonna, yeah, we all know that's gonna come from your burner account. <laughs> if you don't got it in you to do it from the main account, 
Yeah, Baker. How about Baker Mayfield losing to the Arizona? Cardinals? Yeah, Dan, you still in on Baker? You still in on Baker, dude? Snip, snap, snip, snap. Technically, snip, snap. he's still on my fantasy team, even though I'm eliminated. Yeah, <laughs> but he hasn't started since I was in, which was weeks ago. But it's okay. But he, are you going to be in on him? I don't. Did he much? ever officially say he's out yet? No. He, no, no, he no. did. He did. He no, said, no. Well, he said he was out. Then he was back in. Yeah. Oh. He's never said he's out again. Yeah. So he's no. still. Been, he's currently you, still in. He's I'm still in on the Browns. When they got smacked by the Cardinals, you know, Freddie Kitchens. He just he has me in a walk, man. I gotta see it through. I, that's <laughs> a tough one I, to see it through. Yeah, that's well, at least especially <laughs> with Jarvis and Odell begging the card players on the Cardinals. You'll come get me to the Cardinals. Yo, come get me. It's terrible. Help me. Save At me. At least you don't have to wait that long for Freddie Kittens as he gets fired this year. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely happening. Um, what do we think about the Vikings' chances on uh, baiting and switching sort of the Packers uh, in that NFC North? They're down a game. They play them uh, this coming week. Vikings come, coming off of a very obvious win over the Chargers and Packers as well against the Broncos. Um, just cleaning up shop there on some bad teams. So they play next week. How do we feel? It's Vikings. Night football, right? I, it yes, it yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, Dalvin Cook and the Vikings a lot are of questionable reports. Shefty said he doesn't think he'll play the rest of the regular season, and Mike Zimmer said came out this morning or yesterday morning and said he is probably going to play. So I mean, projected points in fantasy this week. Yeah, and, you know, yesterday, Alexander Madison, backup, was projected to be, like, 17. <laughs> and somebody drafted him and has been holding him for 16 weeks. And re- after Chris Godwin went down, really hoping that Alexander Madison plays a lot. But Jeez. either way, I mean, Madison's very good. They're, and they got that Mike Boone guy, too, who's, who played Boomtown? two touchdowns last yeah, week. Boom's a goal line stealer. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sold on Green Bay. I haven't been all year. I don't, I don't see it. I think the Vikings are going to dominate that game and probably and win the division. Let's go. That's, Vikings yeah, are home, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I, I like the Vikings. In this Packers game. are frauds. I think this is like your classic. It's like home team just always wins. I, yeah. I think Packers beat them back. I think it was like week two. Um, I see no reason why the, the Vikings shouldn't come out and win. I mean – Obviously, maybe you got a little concerned because it's prime time. You got prime time Kirk Cousins, but yeah, but we've seen prime time Kirk Cousins win a game this year. Right, so. right. He looked good in he, Seattle on Monday yeah. night too. Yeah, anyone in Dallas, like you said. Yeah. So, yeah, I like I like the Vikings. Even even if Cook doesn't play, but especially if Cook does play, because he's got you know the, that extra day will help. Um, if Cook plays, especially because uh, Green Bay is twenty fifth in the league against the rush. Um, so I really like the Vikings if Cook plays. Even if Cook doesn't play, though, I think the Vikings will win a close one. Word. Well, so for next week, moving on, uh, even though we're already kind of talking next week, again, Texans play the Bucks on Saturday. They should clean up on that game, and they should pull away for the, the, the Texans. Bucks are hot. Bucks are hot. Texans I don't care. Are one of the I don't worst care. defense in the league. Texans and they gotta go. They gotta go left coast to right coast oh, on a short. <laughs> do not week. the Texans. Do not tell the Texans. On that bandwagon. They're not. They're not. They're barely moving. That's close enough for the left coast. No, it's not. Is this Houston is like right on the is like almost as far east as Texas <laughs> as you can get. Well, Houston's coming over anyway. Short week. Oh, they're moving one time zone. God. 
I'm not confident that Houston's going to win that game. Yeah, I'm also not confident that Houston's going to win that All game. All right. There's going to be that, – that game's going to have some points, though. That game's going to have some points. A lot of points. I mean, you just saw Deshaun Watson throw up a stinker a couple weeks ago. That's, that's true, that but again. that was after they won the Super Bowl against the Pats, their Patriots Super Bowl. They just won the Super Bowl against the, the Titans. Oh, come on, <laughs> sir. No, they did. I mean, it, it doesn't matter if they win or lose this game this week. As long as they beat the Titans again next week, then it doesn't matter. They still win the division. Yeah, but I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't see them dropping to the Bucks. I mean, Titans are playing um, the Saints, and that's pretty Titans much are a dropping that game. guaranteed L there. So just clean up against the Bucks and wrap up the division. Wrap up the West. Uh, sorry, geez, the South. I'm stupid. Um, but, yeah, so Texans, again, we, I said it at least uh, earlier in the year, but Andrew Luck retires. you got to snatch that division. you got to show you're at least not a pretender one time. One time. They still have a chance to do it. So we'll have to see on that front. But, again, moving on, uh, good games this week. We've already mentioned a few, like the Packers and Vikings. But uh, Ravens and Browns, I mean, you never know. Browns, uh, Browns took one earlier in the year. Uh, Baker Mayfield could uh, could explode. You never know. Freddie Kitchens coaching, you're not serious. coaching for his job, coaching no for his life. You're not serious. You Tell know, me you're not saying you're these really, words right now. I'm just saying you never know. He's a Browns stand. I'm right? saying you never know. I wouldn't Do say you really think no. Harbaugh is going to let them beat them again. I mean, maybe Freddie Kittens has Harbaugh's number. I don't know. I'm just saying. I got to see it again. We'll see. Out of any team in the league, <laughs> I'm most confident in the Ravens. Like, uh, by far. The only number Freddie <laughs> Kitchen has is McDonald's. I, sir. Good one, John. That Bro, was that a, was mad funny. That was funny. That, that was, was so not funny, funny. Come on, that dude. was funny. That wasn't funny. That, no, that, just, that didn't land. That's a swing and a miss. That You're going to have to issue an apology on that yeah, one, too. That, that one didn't funny. land. Come on, Tough that scene. That's two bullet points on your apology now. So, if if anybody thinks that that was funny, please call in and tell us that. All right, we have to put a Twitter poll. Because there's no way. Twitter poll. No one's going to say it's funny, even if they did laugh. Even if they're listening and they laugh, they'd still say, I didn't laugh. Yeah. I have your contract, Jonathan. Not on me, but I have your contract. I... I can void it whenever the heck I want. <laughs> NFL scene. Weep. It's not guaranteed money. <laughs> but, <It's> not <laughs> MLB. <laughs> facts. Uh, anyways, though, um, other good games uh, going on next week besides the ones we've already mentioned. Bears and Chiefs, not going to be great, but Bears, again, playing for their life, you know, probably will lose that one. But, man, if, if you're a Patriots fan or you follow them, if you're rooting for anybody besides the Pats this weekend, you are rooting your life off for the Bears and the Browns. Double B, Jonathan's former favorite teams, the Bears and the Browns. You need them to do everything in their power to try to stop the Chiefs and the Ravens. That's all I'm saying. There's no st- Well, first off, it doesn't even matter at this point with the Ravens. They that's have true. to lose both games, and the Pats would have to win both and games. And that's, yeah. They're not going to do that. At least with the Chiefs, though. It, okay, like, that's fair. Yeah, the, the Pats... Chiefs- Trubisky, got to show up. Mm-hmm. Probably not going to happen. Mahomes nope. is going to throw for a billion yards, and the Chiefs are going to wax him. But Trubisky maybe could show up for one week. Maybe. maybe. I and David Montgomery up. could maybe make a return. Allen Robinson could go over 100 yards. <laughs> I mean, Kyle Fuller maybe gets a pick. Maybe Montgomery runs one in. Maybe Tyreek Hill falls down running down the tunnel. Mm. Anthony Miller's a stud. <laughs> Sammy Watkins gets hurt for the 34th time. 
Damian Williams doesn't play. Again. Again. The Sean McCoy dangles the ball out and gets it punched into the end zone for a scoop and score. And then the Bears miss a field goal and lose by one. Yeah. Ah, that would just make so much sense. <laughs> I can just see that clear as day. You really painted a picture there. Uh, Accurate scene. So the biggest game of the weekend, though. Yes. Uh-oh. The Bengals and the Dolphins. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the toilet bowl. Joe Mixon? That's about it. Devontae Parker, buddy. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Dolphins still have a chance at the number one pick. You know, they beat if they lose to the Bengals and the Bengals win week 17. They just start Josh Rosen, then. They should, because Fitzmagic is... But they're not going to. No, they're not. They should start... Jonathan, I need you to speak into the mic, kid. They should start Josh Rosen this week. They there should start uh, Jason Sanders, or their, whatever their kicker's yes, that, name. Yes, that's his name. Yep. <laughs> that should be their quarterback for the last two weeks. One for one this year. Perfect passer rating. 158.3. Can't compete. So I think we can move on to our one of our, I think everybody's favorite segment, Mortal Walks of the Week. Um, I'm five and eight after fading Jonathan wonderfully. It just it worked so well last week. I can't wait to do it again. Um, so we'll give our mortal locks of week 16. Zach, do you want to k- kick us off, bro? Oh, boy. Um, uh-oh. He's nervous about it. Sound a little nervous. He's uh, nervous about it. I am. I don't love it. I don't really love any of the games this week, honestly. The board's tough this week. It is a tough board. But, you know, I'm just going to... Just because Dan pissed me off with that. <laughs> Tampa Bay plus two, two and a half. Saturday game. Sir. Lock it in. Houston coming over short week. Deshaun Watson going to take a doo-doo in his diaper. And Tampa Bay <laughs> going to win it outright, but take the two and a half to be safe. Okay, Jonathan, how do you follow that up? All right. Uh, you were just talking about the game, but I got Kansas City minus four and a half at Chicago Sunday night. I think the Bears... They stink. Uh, they got nothing to play for anymore. They're basically eliminated from the playoffs. I think they're they're already booking their flights in early January to some tropical island, getting the golf course reservations in. KC's playing hot. They just blew out Denver. They beat the Patriots. I think Mahomes is back. He's 100% now. That team's starting to roll. And I just think you got two teams going in opposite directions, and I think that's going to show up on the scoreboard on Sunday night. Beautiful. Uh, so I'll go. I, w- I wanted to fade you, but in all good consciousness, you know, it's the last show on air, at least for the semester. I'm not going to fade you. I'm not going to do it, even though it worked in my favor last week. I believe three out of my five wins are all fades. <laughs> Love to see that. <laughs> faded Ryan twice. You faded the random number generator False. twice. Faded yeah. Ryan twice. Faded, <laughs> faded the picks Announced by Ryan on the show. <laughs> that's that's that is not cap. <laughs> so, you know, I'll be nice to you, Jonathan. Um, Fade me, do it. You Thanks. Won't. Coward, coward. Oh. Uh, all right. So I got my pick. It's gonna be. Uh, oh, it just came to him. Nice. Yeah. Well, I don't really like either of mine that I'm about to say. No, even though either. I, well, you going to? Yeah, I'm going to. Oh. We're bringing back. <laughs> The multiple oh. mortal locks, 2-0. and oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get in on that. You <laughs> know these are about to be 2-0. and oh. So I'm going to start with my first pick, which is the one I was going to originally go with. Uh, it is Green Bay going to Minnesota on the road. Minnesota's favorite at 4.5 in that game. 
Again, I think the Vikings are taking the NFC North. I think the Packers are high-key frauds. And, yeah, so I see this going Minnesota's way, minus 4.5. You can just take that to the bank. They're at home. I think Dalvin Cook is going to play, like we said earlier. So, yeah, hammer that. And my second pick, again, just a lock. I mean, you can just mm, – great pick, great pick. It's uh, Houston going on – uh, the road here, actually, in this one, uh, yeah, they're minus two and a half. I love that pick. I don't even know why, but I love that love pick. It. Minus two and a half. Uh, fade Zach. Hashtag fade Oh, my Zach. God. I would 100% come and fade you on the other one, but Green Bay is so bad. <laughs> yup. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess since we're... Zach's about to fire up a second. No, I'm just kidding. I was going to fade Dan, whatever he did, <laughs> but I can't fade him on the Green Bay one, and he faded me on the other uh, one. Got him. Well... The random number generator has successfully picked three weeks in a row. So if there's any time to jump on the bandwagon, it's now. The random number generator is really going bold this week. Maybe it's not that bold, but I think it is. The random number generator is going Buffalo plus six and a half against the Patriots. That's a bad omen. Love that pick. Bad omen. I don't know how I feel about it. Realistically. Hates the Patriots. Ryan hates the Patriots. The Bills lost by three at home. Home field in the sports book world is worth about three points. So with the Patriots being home, you would reason they'd win by about a touchdown. So this this is going to be a very interesting line for the random number generator. But I would take it. That's not three in a row. I mean, random number generator is three and two. Pats win six nothing. You cover. (laughs) (laughs) Random number generator does not care how it is done. And we got a caller, uh, so we'll take that. But we're gonna move on also to fantasy love and hate as well. Uh, We'll start with the love. My fantasy love. It's not somebody I love coming up this week. I just wanted to give a shout out to Chris Godwin. For the amazing season that he had, being my fourth round pick and being like number two wide receiver in fantasy. And this dude just carried my team all year when AB just never showed up Hello? to the field. And for him to get this hamstring injury, it's just really tough. And this goes right into my fantasy hate, too, which I'm just going to roll into because my fantasy hate is the Buccaneers medical and training staff. <laughs> because. Man, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Scotty Miller, three wide receivers, all out with hamstring injuries. That's got to be some part on the training staff. Absolutely. Not, not getting these guys Absolutely. warmed up and ready yeah, for the game. Not games. stretching them. Right. What, in, in the span of what, two weeks? Two weeks, yeah. Two weeks, three wide receivers, hamstring top wide injuries. receiver, hamstring injuries. Yeah. That's on the medical staff. Yeah, that's not just a fluke. That's, that's something that they're not doing right. Yes. So, Chris Godwin, I love you. Thank you for the great season. Reach respect. Buccaneers medical staff, I hate you. Wow. Well, anyways, do we want to keep digging or do we want to let uh, our caller give their mortal walk? Caller, go I ahead. I think the caller. Um, okay, so on the phone we have uh, Providence's own, currently in Rockland, Nick Brown. How we doing, Nick? I'm doing great tonight, boys. How we doing? See, you're calling from your house phone. I thought it was your dad, so I was actually pretty excited for a second. So, <laughs> Wow. Ouch. It was a good prank. It was a wholesome good prank, I swear. Well, okay. What's your mortal walk? Uh, so, you know, I'm looking around on the spreads, on our, uh, on our pick'em spreadsheet, and, you know, right away it jumps at me, not because it's in caps, but 
uh, I'm looking at that line, and you know, I was buying some Christmas gifts, so I might have missed some of the earlier motor locks. So if I match with anybody, I apologize. But nonetheless, I can't resist this pick. Uh, Giants straight up against the Redskins. The line is the R words minus two and a half. I know I just conflicted what I yeah, called you them. You just said it. <laughs> I just said it. But nonetheless, uh, the Giants, after a monstrous win against the Dolphins last week, are going to come in hot. Saquon Barkley is finally back. And uh, that's also, coincidentally, my fantasy love is Saquon Barkley. I mean, if you have him on your lineup on Championship Sunday, nobody in our league does. Tough. <laughs> Um, but if you have them, play them. I love it. I love everything to do with the Giants this Sunday. Yes, I agree. Start the player that was either picked first or second in your fantasy. I'm sure he's out there on the waiver <laughs> wire at this point in the season. Yeah, you can probably trade for him, too, if you need to make a last minute. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure your league will allow that. Yeah, I mean, if you've got a commissioner like ours, you know, I'm sure you'll get it through. Yeah, very shady. Yep, <laughs> sketchy F. Beautiful, sure. beautiful. So who's up next for fantasy love? All right, so my fantasy love, this kind of uh, relates to my more lock this week, but I got Tariq Cohen. Uh, so I just think Kansas City is going to score a ton of points. Chicago is going to be in catch-up mode the whole time. Mitchell Trubisky is just going to be throwing it. You know, this is this is your classic, you know, Mitchell Trubisky 31 of, like, 51 for 300 yards game, but it's not even close, and I just think – a lot of dink and dunks coming Cohen's way, especially in a PPR format. Really like Cohen on Sunday night. I'm up. Yeah, sure. Oh, go. Beautiful. Uh, so I really didn't want to do any fantasy love because of what my fantasy hate is ultimately going to be um, momentarily. But if I have to give you anything, I'll give you this. You got to play Jets D. You got to play Jets D, and it's not even because I love Jets D. It's not. And they've been my fantasy love before, but I'm just telling you, okay, they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they're right now um, they're projected 8.7. They're still holding a number 10 uh, positional rank, so it's not like they've dropped off a ton. But I'm just saying they're going up against an inept offense in the Pittsburgh Steelers, so why not take Jets D if you're in the fantasy playoffs? They're also home, too. So, I mean, might as well hammer that. Might as well hammer Jets D, especially if you're not too certain about your uh, your defense. If you don't have, like, a dominant one, and, again, they're probably out there, only owned in 30% of fantasy leagues on ESPN. So you might as well just go for it. My fantasy love this week is for Dallas Goddard, the Philadelphia backup tight end, although I, I don't know if backup is – a proper term. He's number two on their depth chart, I suppose. He's had six plus targets in all five games uh, for the Eagles since the bye, and he's had double digit points in PPR in three of those five. In uh, his, the last time they played the Cowboys, he went for four catches, sixty nine yards, and a touchdown, which is his best nice. game of the season. Very nice. And Dallas is the sixth easiest defense for tight ends to go against in fantasy, and they just let. Another backup tight end in Tyler Higby for the Rams go off for 12 catches for 111 yards. So considering Goddard's still available in over 57% of ESPN leagues, that's a pretty solid tight end one in my opinion, and he's available in the majority of leagues. So if you need a tight end for your championship lineup, go get him. Beautiful, beautiful. And uh, so we can segue on to fantasy hate. 
my favorite segment of tonight's show. Uh, so fantasy hate, it's not like matchup based for this coming week. It's more so I have to, you know, call out a certain player. I'm not even going to call out the team or the coach because you know what? I think I think they're doing okay. I don't think it's really on them. Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Okay, buddy. You've come a long way when you had Jeff Fisher as your head coach and you were a mediocre team. And then the young and flashy Sean McVay comes and all of a sudden your career just goes on the upswing. You go to the Super Bowl. You lose ultimately, but still, hey, cool. And then you get paid. Oh, do you get paid? But guess what? You stink. You stink. You're soft. You are inconsistent. And you are not a good quarterback. And guess what? You have no grit. You wouldn't know grit if Coach O sang you, Go Tigers, in your sleep. You wouldn't have it, okay? You have nothing. I have no faith in Jared Goff as a quarterback. Wouldn't want him on my team because it feels like he just doesn't know how to read defenses. He doesn't know how to, I don't know, have multiple reads in general. He just doesn't know what, he doesn't know what he's doing with the football half the time. And I don't know. I just think it's all the coach there. I think the coach pretty much runs that whole thing. He's a complete system guy. So Jared Goff, Fantasy 8. All right. Uh, Zach already did his hate, so I'll go. Um, my fantasy hate this week is my guy, uh, my wide receiver I took from Zach, uh, Kenny Galladay. Um, having a good season, pretty good season. He actually leads the NFL uh, receivers in touchdowns this year. Um, so he's been pretty touchdown heavy, but fantasy-wise, he's been a stud for the most part, solid. You know, wide receiver two, definitely borderline wide receiver one if you get a weak wide receiver core. But his stats have been dropping ever since this guy, David Blair, has come on, been the quarterback of uh, Detroit. I mean, this guy stinks. I mean, he can't, he can't throw the ball downfield. And this week they got a tough matchup at Denver. Altitude, probably cold. And Galladay gets matched up with Chris Harris Jr. Really bad. I don't see anything. Unless Galladay gets, you know, a bailout garbage time touchdown, I wouldn't expect anything more than, you know, four for 40 at best for Galladay because he's been struggling the last couple weeks with uh, David Blair throwing on the ball. Well said, Jonathan. Well said. So my fantasy hate this week is also for a Rams player. Oh, it, we like that. Uh, you actually have him on your team. Oh, it's uh, Cooper Cup. Look, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna play him if you have him and you're in the championship. He's a wide receiver once in fantasy. We love this top team. five receiver in fantasy. You're gonna play him, but you really should temper your expe- expectations for him this week going up against the Niners. He only had four catches for 17 yards in their first matchup, and Goff could be at less than 100% after he jammed his thumb in somebody's helmet last week. It looked like he was fine as he played through it, but it's possible he's not 100%. And San Francisco also is the fifth hardest matchup for wide receivers in fantasies. So with all that being said, uh, you really should think of Cooper Cup as more of a wide receiver two this week, more than his usual wide receiver one capabilities well said ryan nick you know i uh i was gonna i was thinking of kenny galladay too but another guy that i have on my mind is adam thielen coming off of injury his last week he really disappointed now he comes into that monday matchup with the green bay packers 
You know, and I know he's been out for a while. He's had time to rest. But when it comes to hamstrings, I never really quite trust the recovery process from a hamstring injury, uh, even going forth for a long time. So I'm, I would be very worried if I had Adam Thielen on my roster because there is quite the temptation to play him uh, with all the skill that he possesses. But I'm worried about his true health and his true involvement in this offense as long as that hamstring still exists, which I think it does. I don't think he's 100% yet, despite the fact that he's playing and practicing. So I'd be really worried playing Adam Thielen in my lineup this week. Uh, you know, Nick, I, I hate to hear that because playing against Lil Mike, who has Adam Thielen, which means that now Adam Thielen is going to be perfectly healthy and catch six <laughs> touchdowns. So you know what you, you, you just did that to me on purpose, and I don't like you for that. If Zach loses, it's on you. I think you're overthinking it, but I, I nope, do. Nope, that's that's the way that, that's the way it goes. He already he already lost Godwin. Godwin, why are you making him struggle? Like yeah, this? I can't believe you're doing me doing that to me. Yeah, I thought you were friends. Jeez, I Nick. thought we were. I guess not. You were so close. It's a cutthroat world, man. Yeah. I guess so. Well, that's our uh, segments. Uh, fantasy, love, and hate. Actually, we still got one more. We do. We still got we one do. more. We got NFL power rankings. Uh, Nick, would you like to kick us off with your power rankings? I mean, geez, you really put me on the spot oh. here, but I guess I'll yeah. do it. Um, I think uh, the last time I gave one of these, I think I had the 49ers above the Ravens and I got yelled at for it and I can see why now so uh, unfortunately I have to switch that and be with everybody else so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull an alpha move here and start at the top instead of the bottom like you guys so I'm going to start with the Ravens at one um, I don't even think I really need to explain it they just destroy everyone they play uh, then I guess number two, I'm still going to keep the 49ers up there. I mean, it still was a close game with the, the Falcons, even though it shouldn't have been as close as it was. Three, I'm going to stick with my Saints, who just dominated the Colts. Four, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. And then five, I'm going with the Patriots. I don't buy the Patriots' chances at all in the playoffs. That's a good reasoning for them being the top five. <laughs> Yeah, oh, uh, it's the same argument that Dan Roach gives. They have all the talent as an eleven and three team or whatever, but they're going to get absolutely destroyed in the playoffs. Is your name Dan Roach? Are these Dan no. Roach's power rankings? No. Oh, okay. Sounds like it might be. Yeah. All right. So uh, at number five, just like last week, I still got the Seahawks. I wasn't too convincing in their win over the Panthers. Defense wasn't that great. Um, moving on to four, same thing with the Chiefs. Still got them there. Good win, but you know I can't really move them past the top the top three teams in my opinion. I'm gonna drop the 49ers down to three, just one spot. Um, you gotta you gotta win that game against Atlanta. I mean, Jimmy G put you in a good spot. Defense got to go out and make a, make some plays there, but not gonna drop them down too far. I mean, it's one game and they still gonna kick the crap out of Seattle in week 17 and win the division and be number one seed. And then Saints move up to number two. Drew Brees breaks the all-time passing touchdown record. Congrats to you. Um, and then at number one, you know, still the Ravens. Yep. Yep. Well, my number five, I got the Chiefs sitting at five. Got the pads out of my top five now. Just, just because, you know, time. they... They didn't show me enough against the Bengals for me to keep them in there. And plus, again, I just don't think they're a top five team right now. They got to they gotta prove it to me. Um, number four, 
Niners with that loss to Atlanta. I, it's just they've dropped a couple now recently, and you know I, I got to slide them a bit down. They're not even first in their own division, so I can't I can't keep them that high. Number three, Saints. Like you said, Zach, Drew Brees, great moment for him, and he's been having a good year when healthy. And that team again, I think I think is going to be right there towards uh, the end of it. I think they'll be a Final Four team. Um, number two, Seahawks. Again, yeah, they, they weren't too convincing against Carolina, but. That team has been pulling out some crazy wins all season. A ton of one-score games. I think that marks um, a virtue of a Super Bowl contending team. And again, uh, number two, Seahawks. I think they'll be right there as well. Number one, Ravens, for obvious reasons. Don't even have to really tell you. Sir? Yeah, uh, my top Nick? five, I got, <clears throat> I got San Francisco. At number five, uh, everyone knows I'm not that high on them. I think their downfall is inevitable. You saw it starting this week with the home loss to um, Atlanta. <clears throat> number four, I got Seattle. Uh, good road win uh, in a tough spot going east at 1 o'clock, uh, especially coming off a loss to the Rams the week before. Number three, I got Kansas City. I'm getting really high on Kansas City. I think Mahomes is healthy. I think that team, the whole team's getting healthy at the right time. They're picking up Terrell Suggs, too, who I really don't think is going to add much, but it's going to add something. If anything, it's going to add a little edge, a little, uh, you know, fierce, something fierce to their that defense that's been putrid this year. I just think they're getting on the right cylinder at the right time of the year, so I got them at three. Number two, I got New Orleans. Big win last night. Indy stinks, but... They're, playing, they're another team that's, you know, certainly going, clicking on all cylinders, it seems like, right now at the right time of the year. They got a good matchup um, at Tennessee this this week. I'll have to see how they look, especially outside the Dome. You always get worried about New Orleans once they leave the comfort of that Dome. So we'll see what happens there. But for right now, I got them at two. And then number one, obviously, I don't even need to say. Everyone knows it's Baltimore. They're incredible. Cruising. And they just blow everyone out that they play. So at number five, I've got the San Francisco 49ers. They've lost three of their last six. I'm sorry. They've lost three of their last six after that 8-0 start. They're not trending in the right direction. And that loss to Atlanta is a little bit troubling. I'm, I'm sorry. It just is. The way that that game finished, can't have that. If you want to win your division and get home field advantage in the playoffs. Uh, number four, I got the Saints. They've won four or five. Dominant showing on Monday night. Uh, Retuspect again for Drew Brees. Uh, at number three, I got the Chiefs. They're winners of four straight and five of six. Like Jonathan said, I completely agree. They're on all cylinders. They they look dangerous. If that defense can be competent, that offense is definitely capable of putting up points like we've seen them do before. And that's just not a team you want to face in the playoffs. Uh, number two, I've got the Seahawks. They're winners of six of seven. Yeah, it's it's they've had some nail biters. But I still trust Russell Wilson, and he's still winning ball games consistently. And then at number one, yep, it's it's the Ravens. They've won ten in a row. And the the, the amount the win, some of these wins in the, this ten game win streak are just really impressive. At Pittsburgh, at Seattle, home against New England, home against Houston, at the Rams, home against the Niners, home against the Bills. Seven oh, of the, those on the road against the Bills. Okay, on the road. Sorry about that. Regardless, that's seven of those ten wins are against playoff caliber teams. 
Maybe not the Rams. Yeah, that's that's a lot of good teams. But that's that's teams that are above five hundred, all like eight and six or better, and they've, for the most part, handled business with them. Yeah, that's that's just incredible to me. And the games aren't even close. Besides the Forty Niners and the game, Bills game, the Forty Niners game was close, but yeah. and the, the majority Bills. of them aren't. You would think that all of them would be close. Yeah. But they pooped on the Rams. They pooped on the Texans. They took care of business with the Pats. Uh, I took care of business with the Seahawks. It's just, it's it's just. Uh, what do you, what more can you say? Yeah, they've been impressive all year long, and it doesn't look like they're slowing down whatsoever. Yeah, whatsoever. And before we go to break, I just want to give a quick shout out to Zach. He was on the Patriots out of the top five bandwagon before everyone else. So was he? Congrats. Re two pick. Yeah. Yes. I thought and, it was me, but okay, it was uh, not. Well, you weren't. I in the studio, I guess. But yeah, Nick, you're. You're a fool for still having him in the top five. That's that's all I'm gonna say. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> <laughs> do you want? Do you want to revive? Do you want to? Nope, nope. No. Once it's no? done, it's okay. done. Yeah. Right. yeah right. I, I mean. Nope, nope, nope. nope. Cut him off. I won't, I won't Hang up. Go to break. Hang up. <laughs> Tough a po- scene. A power ranking league he is a power ranking player. He's been Fendi. taken down. Nick, I'm sorry, but we do have to go to break. Um, yeah. Uh, anyways, those are our football segments. Uh, Mortal Walks, Fantasy, Love and Hate, and Power Rankings, Top 5. We'll come back with updates. We'll give you an update on the MLB offseason hot stove, the President's Cup, and kind of the big story over there that, you know, it was in Australia, so not a lot of people, I don't know, maybe not enough people are talking about it, but interesting story there, and we'll hopefully touch on the Celtics or Bruins or anything else that we can, but we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be back in just a few short minutes. You're listening to the Mouth and Off Sports Show on 91.5 WBIM, and we will be right back. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about the present.
All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Mouth and Off Sports Show. We've got the second half here for you, live until 7 p.m., and we'll get some segments going here, some updates on some other sports happenings in the world. Uh, Ryan, I know you mentioned that you wanted to get some college basketball in and some college hockey as well, so sure. the floor is yours. So in the world of college hoops, uh, we got another new number one, shocker. Kansas is the new number one team in the country. They slid up from number two after Louisville lost to Texas Tech last week. Uh, that's the f- fourth number one uh, to go down this, this season. It's just, it's just crazy. It's the first time in AP poll history that five teams, five different teams, have held the number one spot before New Year's Day. The record for the amount of teams to be number one in an entire season is seven. So we only need two more teams, and it's mid-December, and the season goes to March. I, I think that record is probably going to get shattered. Um, that record was set in 1982-1983. Uh, another big story uh, for the new rankings is that the North Carolina Tar Heels are... Uh, out of the poll for the first time since 2014 Yikes. after a home loss to Wofford. I think I pronounced that wrong. No, you got it. You got it. Uh, that's their third straight loss in four out of five. Granted, the loss to Wofford, they didn't have their star point guard, Cole Anthony, who's out four to six weeks with a partially torn meniscus. They were also down another starter in Leaky Black. Uh, so that's a tough it's rough going for the North Carolina Tar Heels these days. Uh, and then another note, uh, four of the five teams, top five teams in the rankings last week, uh, suffered a loss. And so teams like Gonzaga, who picked up big wins over an Arizona team, uh, was able to jump to number two. And finally, Penn State is <laughs> ranked in the top 25 at checking in at number 23 for the first time since 1996 wow. after they upset then number four Maryland 76 to 69 nice at home that's a long time that yeah is. and the the, the the time before that season they hadn't been ranked since the 50s wow that's really talk longer. about a football school Holy yeah smokes. big yeah. 10 best all talk about a soccer belt. school crazy big 10 worst conference uh so <laughs> yeah. that's that's what we got for a little bit of a recap for college basketball and wait can i just say something on college basketball? sure um i just think it's crazy i was looking the other day i mean i know that a lot of these major schools play against each other you know in tournaments at the beginning of the year and stuff but it's Dece- december 15th okay december 17th today sunday december 15th when the new rankings came out Auburn is the only Power 5 team that is still undefeated. Yeah. That's that's pretty crazy to me. And there's only like four And they've left. only they've only played, you know, it's not like all these this team is like 20 and 0. Everyone's played like 10, 11 games. Like it's mm-hmm. it just to me it just seems earlier. Normally I feel like at this time of the year the top, you know, three four or, or four teams yeah. are still all undefeated. Yep, yep. Uh, and there's only four teams undefeated in the entire D1. Yeah, and I know that's San Diego like State. San Diego State's schools. undefeated. Um, I don't know about du- anyone. Duque, Duquesne's. Yeah, Duquesne. I don't, yeah. I don't even know how that's pronounced, but um, that it's crazy parody. Yeah, man. I know we we throw that word around a lot in college basketball. I've I've been saying that, uh, but 
it, it seems n- never more so than this year. Yeah, and you mentioned UNC dropping out of the poll. I was looking at the Lenardi's bracketology that he updates all the time on ESPN the other day, mm-hmm. and it had UNC as an uh, eight seed, and I had a double take, and I was like, what? Yeah. That's, Crazy. That's how, they, they haven't beaten anyone good. They've lost all their big-time games. And now you add a home loss to Wofford, and that just doesn't look good. I mean, if they're like a double-digit seed, dangerous. Watch out. Dangerous. Yeah, Get Anthony back healthy. Watch out. Yeah. Oh, them and Florida. If they end up in that eight, nine, or like that ten seed range, oh. Or Syracuse. Look, well, Syracuse. No. They have Syracuse cooks in March with that. Okay. With that, uh, they're good for like a couple wins. <laughs> I hate. I, I don't, I'm not a basketball guy, anyways. I hate Syracuse, watching Syracuse. Dude, they, yep. They yeah, always retweet, retweet the most boring pack. games ever. They always cook <laughs> in March. That two three zone man, yeah. Jim Jim Boheim's got. They win it. all these games like fifty four fifty one come March. Jim Boheim can kick. It's rocks. unbelievable. <laughs> True. So that's that's what we got for college basketball this week. And we're just real quick, we're gonna shout out some college hockey. North Dakota State is the new number one this week at fourteen one and two. Uh, we got to shout out the New England schools. We got five hockey East schools in the top 14. We got BC at number five, Amherst at number nine, Northeastern at number 12, that school which I shall not speak of at 13, <laughs> and UMass Lowell at 14. Uh, that school which I shall not speak of is also atop the hockey East standings, unfortunately. But Amherst, Lowell, and Northeastern are only one point behind so far into the season. So hockey East heating up. Go Eags. Go Hawks. Hawks. <laughs> nah. Only time you'll ever hear me say that. <laughs> Sheesh. Uh, so we can uh, move on to uh, some MLB news. I know we were talking uh, last week about Garrett Cole and who he was going to end up with and kind of the numbers that he was going to get at the time. There's two mystery teams, uh, allegedly, um, and the Yankees end up forking over quite a bit of cash. Uh, he's going to be making $324 million over the span of his deal. The Yankees just opened up their big fat checkbook and just unloaded, just unloaded for Garrett Cole. Not really shocked there. And then obviously Strasburg staying with uh, the Nationals, that's huge as well. And then Anthony Rendon uh, getting paid as well. And he heads to the Angels helping out that squad. I love that move. I don't know about you guys, but I wanted to see that Angels team improve in some shape or form. They started by hiring Joe Madden, and just from there on, it's been all good good news, good vibes. Hopefully Shohei Otani comes back healthy for next season, and let's start cooking. Get me Mike Trout in the playoffs. Uh, you're exactly right. I mean, Mike Trout's the best player in baseball, bar none. It's not even close. And they finally get him some help in Anthony Rendon. The middle of that lineup now, Rendon, Trout, and Otani, if he's Scary. healthy, is going to be good. Really good. And when there was rumors that Cole was possibly going to the Angels, I was so oh. fired up. I want the Angels to be good. I want them to be – I want to see Mike Trout in primetime games. I don't want to just see him on Center making another ridiculous catch when – got to get this guy more involved. He's too good of a player. Um, but on Cole's contract, when Strasburg's contract came out and – I think it was two seventy five for eight years. Yeah, seven. You, I think seven. Yeah, you knew Coles was going to be like way higher than that. Yep. Um, just because 
he was going to a, a different team and they were going to have to pay for him. And 324, yeah, that's just that's a staggering number for a pitcher. Did we see the any of the other offers like from the Dodgers or the Angels? Like how how much more did the Yankees pay? Like that's what I want to know. How much did they have to overpay for him? I don't think anyone ever came out and said what other teams had been offering, but I know that there had been insiders rumoring that teams had been throwing around the 280 to 300 uh, benchmark, and that obviously that ended up being nowhere near enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, Strasburg deal, you're right, Zach. That set the table. Seven for 245. It was came out to like three, uh, 35 million a year. And when you saw Strasburg get that deal, y- you kind of knew Garrett Cole was going to push for 40 million a year, and it wouldn't be close. And he gets just under that. Uh, but that that just makes the Yankees that just more dangerous. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I didn't see any other numbers come out, like specifically what people offering. I did only saw Cole say that. When it came, the Angels were a serious consideration, and when it came down to it, it was just the fact, uh, just who was going to give him a better chance to win a World Series, right? And I mean, if he went to the Angels, they'd be much improved, definitely a playoff team. But he goes to the Yankees, and it's it's pretty. <laughs> he gives them exactly God, what that, they need. That team is so good. Yeah, they're scared. on on paper at least. If they stay healthy, man. Holy Even if they don't crap. stay healthy, they didn't stay healthy last year. And they <laughs> yeah. They're still nasty. <laughs> so I mean, I don't. Stan could not play the entire year, and they'd still be nice. I don't. Uh, it's a two horse race, and I don't know how the Red Sox are going to keep up. Is MLB the new NBA? My call. <laughs> nah, no, no. no. There's way too much parody in the playoffs. But we have other news as well. So apparently, it's being reported. Uh, if the Dodgers can't get uh, Francisco Lindor from the Indians, they have their eyes on Mookie Betts, mm-hmm. and they are apparently in preliminary talks with the Red Sox. So I'm just going to ask you guys, because I feel like we, we're all already pretty much reserved to the fact that Mookie's gone, whether it's now or at the trade deadline or they just wait and they lose him for nothing, which I don't think is going to happen. But... Would you rather major league talent from that Dodgers team or would you rather pick from their farm system just in a vacuum, not, you know, oh, like they'd rather not, just in a vacuum? Do you want major league talent from that team or do you want to try to build back up your farm? In a vacuum and any trade from Mookie, I'd want major league talent because the team is close. Yep. Uh, I mean, and I, as I just said, the Yankees are disgusting, and so are the Astros. But the Sox are close. I mean, losing Mookie would hurt immensely. So I don't know if you can replace that. They do have some studs on in their farm in the Dodgers farm system. They've got a big pitcher and a shortstop. But I've also heard rumors that Corey Seager, yeah, possibly involved in that deal. Him at second, that's a pretty damn good infield. Then yeah. Seager, uh, Xander, and Oh, Rafi. That'd be great. But then you're losing Mookie in left field. So, or right field. So, I don't know, man. I, there's no trade that's going to bring back the, the value of Mookie bets. But for me, I'd want Major League Talent. Yeah, I just don't. I talked about this last week, Dan. Um, every second of every day that passes that Mookie bets remains on the Red Sox convinces me more and more that he's going to be on the Red Sox opening day roster next mm-hmm. year. Yeah, yeah. And That's it, obviously. 
the yeah. closer it gets to the season. Well, I mean, like you're saying, like the Dodge, like the Dodgers are having preliminary talks now and stuff like that. But I, just, I'm just not buying it. I, <laughs> I think that they're, they're going in and he's going to play out. They're going to see how they start the season. And if they're bad, they'll move them at the deadline. But if they're contending, they're going to go. They're going all in. I think they're going all in. Do you think they can afford year. to do that? What go all in next year? No, no. Wait till the deadline to trade him. Oh, then well, then he'll be forced his, to take a much yeah. Lesser it'll be haul. like it'll be like what happened with Machado um, a couple years ago in the Orioles. But I think that they, I just don't think they're going to move him this. I just don't think they're going to move him this off season. Um, I think they want to see what they have next year and give it one more go. I mean, I, I, I see, I know this is really a bad comparison, but the fact that a, a multi-time Cy Young winner in Corey Kluber can get moved for, like, chump change, that, that's not a good look for what the trade market is, at least, in my opinion. I know that comparing a pitcher to an outfielder isn't a great comp, but that at least set, has to mean something in terms of what you're potentially could be looking at on the trade market. I still think, uh, if, for me, if we're trading Mookie, I want... At least a, a, in an MLB caliber replacement, not maybe not to the level of Mookie. You're not going to get that in a one v one, but get at least a s- solid outfielder to replace him in the lineup, and then try and see if you can get one of those big prospects. Or if not, maybe you get a couple of like B plus tier guys. Yeah, I mean, a- any minor leaguers you get at first glance, you're going to be like, who the hell is this guy? And like, yep, this is it's not a good trade. Mm-hmm. It's not until Three four years later, like when Noah Syndergaard was traded for um, the catcher from the Blue Jays or Russell Martin, whatever, everybody thought, oh, whatever, he's just a throwaway piece, and then he turns into Thor. So yeah. I mean, it's it's tough when they trade minor leaguers because the general public is just like, oh, whatever. I mean, even that Kluber trade that we I don't know that uh, the minor league pitcher that they got, but people are saying he throws a hundred and one mile an hour cutter. Could he turn into something great? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's just name value right now. You just yeah. don't know. I mean, if from the Dodgers, if you get, if you could get, like, Alex Verdugo, who's one of their center fielders, yep. he's a good replacement, at least. He's better than Ben Attendee already, so for what's that? For what that's worth. Left-handed um, bat. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want to see Mookie go, man. It's so, it's a, That's so hard. I hate it. I mean, at the end of the day, would I rather trade him now or try to win a World Series with him again and then he leaves? I'd rather just try to win a World Series again. I, agree. I think that's I think That's, that's an mindset. interesting take. Like what Ryan said, I just don't think that unless they get completely blown out of the water that they're moving them, and I just don't, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Well, it'll be inter- very, very um, intriguing to see what happens because, I mean, he's – the best talent they've developed, pitcher, position player, whatever. And I don't know how long, you know. Since Nomar. Since, since, since Nomar, well, and he's better than Nomar. Pedroia won an MVP too, but Mookie's better than Pedroia. Oh, much yeah. better. Not even close. Not even close. But, yeah, it's just, it's terrible to see. And, again, I think I, I may have mentioned this in passing the last time we talked about it, but it's like a, his Red Sox career overall is a cup of coffee in the scheme of things in his whole career if he plays to like his mid to late 30s. It's a five-year career, had a lot of success. It jump-started his career and put him in the conversation with guys like Trout 
and the elite of the elite in the league. And it's ri- just ridiculous that a team worth so much money that has paid out the nose for just talent that did not pan out, uh, international signings, what have you, they've always opened up their checkbook, especially this ownership group, and to see them potentially let this guy go or trade him is a travesty in the sports world, in, they'd, in the sports sense. They'd sign him. It's, it's him. It's not them. It's him. I'm still not convinced of that. I'm convinced. I'm not convinced it's 100% that. They would sign him to the contract Rendon got right today. I, I'm not convinced. I'm like, maybe, like, you could totally be right. You know, you could totally be right. But I just think, I don't know. They've, they've been battling with him on arbitration year after year. They've never really agreed on how much he's worth. What may, like, what have the Red Sox done to make me believe that, you know, they're sort of right or they're, you know, it's not them, it's him? Because in the past, they've had a lot of shady signings. They lowballed John Lester to the point where he was off the team that same season uh, when they offered him four for $70 million that spring training. They just, they haven't, with their in-home talent, they haven't historically uh, worked worked out too well. I don't know. I mean, it's to me, you could be right, Jonathan, but I'm not going to take them at face value because they've battled with Mookie on, again, arbitration year after year after year. And yeah, that to me, that's all the, the evidence I need to at least question it. Because do I think Mookie would mind playing for the Cardinals for the next 10 to 15 years? No, obviously. I just think that there's got to be a respect level with just the offers that they've made or haven't made um, that leads me to believe it's probably more in the middle, probably a combination of the two, but I don't blame him solely. I am not. I don't think Jonathan's blaming you. I'm definitely on your side of this, though, Jonathan's side, is that I think Mookie just wants to see what he can get in the open market. I, the I Red Sox yeah. just opened up their checkbook for Xander. I think that they would easily do that again for Mookie. I don't see a reason. But Xander that, also, I think, left money on the table. For sure, that, that's fair. A little bit, um, and you're right that, that with the lesser thing, they weren't good with their homegrown. But then they signed Pedroia and they signed Xander. So I think it's just Mookie. I, I think he, I think he knows his value, and he knows he's one of the best players in the game. And I think he just wants to test it and see if he can get some team to throw him something that comes near Trout. Yeah, because the Red Sox definitely aren't doing that. I mean, he's de- he's going to be on that. Rendon uh, Harper line, right? He's not going to be near the Trout line because he shouldn't be. Mike yeah. Trout's just that good. But should I don't know some crappy team that has a lot of money open say, "Hey, we're going to give you that," he'll be like, "Okay." I don't think he's tied to Boston. Oh, that's that's totally true. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that second half. I just don't know. And Ryan, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, like, on that dynamic? Like, do you think it's more Mookie? Uh, I, I really can't say. I don't really think I have an opinion on that. I'm, I'm in a wait and see. I, you you yeah. can't fault a guy for wanting to see what he can get on the open market, but you can also understand if ownership is offering him sort of in that ballpark range of what he would want, then why hasn't it been done already? So I can see both sides. True. Absolutely. Well, that's going to be, whatever happens with Mookie, it's going to be worth talking about, and it's going to impact the team just 100%. You know what's also going to impact the team? 
The so. fact that Rick Porcello signed with the New York Mets. Another piece, yeah. For one year, $10 million, which means we don't have to deal with that dumpster fire. It's true. Still got Chris Allen on this team, unfortunately, though. And David Price. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah at, least we're, scene. at least we're down one dumpster fire, one waste of a pitcher. One thing I, I mean, yeah. He wants to go ahead, go ahead, Dan. Fluke! I was just going to say, because I've heard a few of these rumors floating around. I forget if we really touched on I don't think so, but I've seen some rumors that the Red Sox may be exploring, potentially trying to rid themselves of either the sale or the price contract. And in addition, they would include a young guy like, say, Andrew Benatendi or someone else for that matter. I don't know. All I'm saying, I heard Benatendi get at least discussed. I don't know realistically if you'd have to give up that much of a talent just to get rid of a contract or to make one or to you know not have to eat nearly as much money, but if they have to peel from the major league roster and do that, I am totally out. I am totally out because then to me it's they're like almost just sellers. They just instantly become not a championship contender or at least they come a tier below the Astros and the Yankees if not already because if their pitching doesn't come back, if sale isn't right next year, and if price is hurt for any extended period of time again, or if he comes at Eckersley again, because, I mean, he did that, and then the rest of his season was terrible last year, then, you know, they're not going to be there with the Yankees and the Astros. The Yankees just improved big time. And, again, like we said, like, if they're healthy, they're going to be a horse yet again. And the Red Sox, I don't know. they got to figure things out with uh, their pitching big time. Because offensively, I'm not that concerned. Because Devers showed you a lot last year. Bogarts showed a lot. And... The pitching was just non-existent, so we'll have to see with that. But I'm not—I don't know. My my hopes aren't very high right now, and I don't know. Well, let's let's hope let's hope Heim Bloom can can make chicken salad out of chicken poop, whatever the expression is. I mean, I, I uh, well, <laughs> what <laughs> if you have to trade Price and I, I've Sam seen Benintendi? Yeah. I I've seen that too. I'm. If it opens up enough room for you to sign Mookie, that they need that room, I'm totally fine with oh, that. Oh, that's get, that's get the two yeah. of those guys out of there. We can replace them. That's the caveat. If it's for Mookie, you know, we'll, we'd have to see. Like, I, I don't know what the timeline would exactly have to be for that for that kind of scenario. Like, again, like if Mookie's hell bent on going to free agency or at least testing the waters, they they and they make a move like that. Oh, they better open up the checkbook. You know, if you're going to make a move like that, that's that would set you back. Then you have to pay Mookie. There's there's no other option, no excuse for that. Because Ben Attendee, yes, he had an eh year, but I'm not giving up on him. No way, no shot. He was an integral part to the 2018 uh, championship team. Made one of the biggest catches of that year, if not the biggest catch in that Astros game. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I'm out on that. But if if they're guaranteeing me Mookie stays, all all bets are off. Fine. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. So we got about 20 minutes left, boys. Why don't we touch on some Presidents Cup, Zach? Um, big weekend for Team USA. They win in the singles matches. Uh, what was it? 16 to 14 was yep. the score. And Tiger Woods was a playing captain, Zach. 
Four's yours. Yeah, President's Cup over in Royal Melbourne. Uh, this is the 15th President's Cup to go on. The U.S. comes out now 13-1-1 one one in the President's Cups. It's just been a like they've been dominant throughout President's Cup history. This week, not so much though. Started out on uh, the first day down 4-1, and just looked like they didn't know the course. They're playing in uh, Australia down in Royal Melbourne, and the funky bounces and courses playing hard and firm. Uh, greens were super fast, and it's not a course that like the U.S. where you just throw darts at pins. You got to be able to be creative and run shots up there and play on the ground a lot. And the U.S. just didn't look ready for that at all, except for Tiger. <laughs> Him and JT went out there, and Tiger made seven birdies, dude. For the entire time that they were there, there was 24 of the best golfers in the world there, and Tiger Woods was by far the best player on the course. Tiger is so back, it's there's not even a question about it anymore. What a year for him. The Masters ties Sam Snead's overall wins record, 82, and then as a playing captain, goes perfect 3-0-0 and wins the U.S. another, another uh, President's Cup. Uh, it wasn't until the singles matches that... Like, Jonathan and I were texting back and forth pretty much throughout the entirety of this thing, and we were not happy with the way that they were performing well, the first three days. Fri- Friday night here, so Saturday over there. And that Ricky Fowler and Justin Thomas mm-hmm. match on was just, it was like gut-wrenching. It was like pull your hair out of your head type infuriating. And yeah. they were up, what, five with eight to play? Yep. And they end up tying i mean just unbelievable especially if just justin thomas had sank that huge putt the night before when he was with tiger to cap off that little comeback they had oh that was awesome and it was just it was embarrassing i mean it was really really embarrassing i mean i was saying to zach like don't even let him on the plane if they if they <laughs> put him on a boat yeah make them take a two-week <laughs> boat right back to cali but yeah. yeah good win um you know the president's cup isn't like i would i would definitely say like when you think of those tournaments it's definitely like the little brother to the Ryder Cup mm-hmm. um the Ryder Cup's a big deal US hasn't run that in like forever um but yeah good win you know it's always nice to get behind the boys in blue um and support them so i mean i i enjoyed it it was nice um fun watching it in australia like be like 10 o'clock at night prime like, time oh, golf what's going baby. on it was like, awesome. <laughs> like oh yeah they're playing golf right now like Sick, <laughs> like, and yeah, as Zach said, best player on the course on either team was Tiger Woods. He's so back. Um, won the major tournament this year. Should be expected. I mean, it's crazy to say, but he should be expected to win an, at least another major next year. The way he's playing right now, coming for Jack. He should be the favorite going into the Masters. Yeah, I agree. He should be the favorite going into the Masters, and he should be the favorite going into the British. I don't know. It depends. I don't know where the U.S. is being played um, or the PGA, but definitely Augusta and wherever the British course is because I think as he gets older, as he's older now, it's more and more apparent that, you know, he doesn't drive the ball 30 yards past everyone anymore, so he's tearing up link style. Like, he, mm-hmm. he tore up link style um, over the weekend, and, you know, obviously the British Open is going to be a link style course. So, uh, No, absolutely. I mean, he's always been one of the best iron players in the world that's was his calling card for a long time and just his imagination around the greens and there was one the first day they played he had a chip shot from just off the green 
and all the announcers are like, oh, he's going to have to fly it over this little ridge and stuff. He just banks it right off this ridge and roll and rolls in the hole. It they were like, wow. Yeah, and <laughs> his and his putter is so he's rolling the ball so much better than even when he won the Masters. When he won the Masters, it was like Tiger Woods from twenty feet out. Okay, he's gonna bang this. Tiger Woods from eight feet out, lip of the cup, miss, <laughs> lip of the cup, miss. But I mean, he was he was rolling them. Um, the putt to beat answer was oh. pretty sick. His best putt of the whole weekend, though, didn't yeah. even go in. It was, like, mm-hmm. I think two holes before that. He was right off the green. The pin was all the way in the back. I think they said it was, like, a 40-yard, so, like, a 100-something-foot putt. And, I mean, he lagged it. It must have been six inches from the cup. Yeah, it was perfect. Like, it, you can't draw up a lag putt better than that. Yeah. Real quick, one of the best lag putts I've ever seen. Real quick, for the non-golf stands <laughs> listeners that we have, what is the difference between the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup. The Ryder Cup is USA versus golfers from the continent of Europe. Mm-hmm. The President's Cup is USA versus golfers from every other country. So there was Ryder. They, so in the President's Cup, there was Canada, Mexico, Chile, Japan, Australia, South Africa, Korea. I think those were all the countries that were. I think that's right. Um, yeah, and the Ryder Cup is just versus Europe. Yep. So that's a big deal with. Uh, they're called te- the international team for the President's Cup, is that they come from so vast, wide places around the world that they've never been able to have, like, a true identity and, like, that camaraderie that even Team Europe has because these guys grow up and play matches together and same with the USA people. Um, but Ernie Yells for the international team got them a new logo and really brought them together. And he did as good as you could possibly do without winning because he had them ahead. He looked like the greatest captain the international team has seen in a long time. And then, I mean, the singles matches, it just showed the U.S. is the, their guys are just better. How yeah, often are each played? Is the Ryder Cup every four years? Every other. Every so the, other. each one is every two years, and okay. they're played on alternating years. So this year was the President's Cup. Next year will be the Ryder Cup. Yeah. And then it switches – every year between being played in the U.S. or being played in the other teams, wherever gotcha. they want. How do the Olympics factor into that? Is It's not timing. The, right? Olympics, are, up, the right? Olympics are in August. Um, the Ryder Cup is always towards, like, the end of September. Yeah. Um, and the President's Cup, it varies. Like, if it was in the U- – I believe that it's the next time when it comes back to the U.S., it's in October. Because, yeah, obviously, October, they couldn't play – like. So you can play in Australia because it's summer there. But if mm-hmm. they were gonna, if they were gonna have the Presidents Cup around here, they would have to hold it in early October because you couldn't play golf now. Um, so that those dates vary. But yeah, it's it's every other year. Cool, cool, very nice, very nice. And again, we've touched on it before, but golf in the Olympics. Tiger, I believe you guys said is number four in the U.S. right now. Yeah. So it's basically if you're in the top fifteen. Um, the, each con- each country gets four players if you're in the if they're all in the top 15 in the official golf rankings, and Tiger is the fourth ranked American right now. Yeah, I believe he's sixth in the sixth world? in the world. Yeah. So who's in front of him? Is it Thomas it's Johnson, D- uh, Brooks at number one, Rory's two, DJ's three, JT. JT's four, and uh, it's another international could guy. Mo- could Molinari be up there? I don't. Think so. Hmm. 
I'm, I'm you look it up. That's a that's a head scratcher. Yeah. Anyways, again, it would be amazing to see Tiger in the Olympics. It would be awesome for his career. Again, like another four years goes by. Who knows if he's oh. at this level? John Rahm. There you go. Makes sense. John Rahm. Spanish. Five. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, and I don't know if we want to get to it now, Ryan, or but I believe for the end of the show you do have a feel good story. I do have a feel good <laughs> story. Do you want me to wait till the end of the show or uh, do you yeah. want me to spill the beans to me out? Um, actually, we could do it now because I mean, you know, we'll see what this story is. And if it's bad, then we'll just talk about something else. <laughs> if it's good, then eh, maybe we'll have something here. <laughs> All right. Well, I have a real heartwarmer one. It's a, it's a tearjerker. So last week, Dan Sadik proclaimed on his feel-good story that Zach's comeback win over Jonathan and our fancy playoffs was just this absolute heartwarmer of a feel-good story. Holy crap, did karma slap him in the face <laughs> for that. A week after that, Dan gets mollywhopped <laughs> by Lil Mike in a 39-point drubbing in our semifinals. Cheers. This dude, Dan, <laughs> needed Cole Beasley to outscore the Pittsburgh defense by 33 points in Sunday night football. Cole Beasley gave him 1.6 points. <laughs> you just oh. love to see that. Oh, just no. everything is right in the world now. Shout out to Karma for claiming another one. Just that's that's the stuff that I like to see. I just retupecked him for putting good karma onto my team. <laughs> good Godwin, good karma like Godwin tearing his Achilles. You know, mean, you know, hamster? we're a week to week thing here. He put good karma on my team for last week to go out and put up 190 points, but then yeah, it came at a cost. It did. Yeah. What did it cost? Everything. I would be wary of putting up like 190. Cause I put up a bunch of points on Nick, and I had one guy in the 1 p.m. games, and then everybody else at four and going on. And man, it felt like it took years for me to even get to where I got with my score. Oh, the I mean, 1 p.m. games were the were the games to have last week. That's where all the points were scored. Yeah, I had I, unless all you had four Z. and late or carry on. I mean, uh, Kenyon Drake. <clears throat> Kenyon Drake. Yeah. yeah, he cooked. Yeah, Cardinals running backs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to Karma. Thank you for making everything right in the world again. That is my feel-good story of the week. Dan getting served a piece of Karma. Well, I'm not going to freak out and almost break the mic in, in anger like Jonathan. I didn't almost break that mic. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. But Cap. I respect, retupect that story. Retupect. Respect. Pecked. You know, the fantasy playoff world is a wild one. I mean, it's I, cruel. It is. I barely snuck in, and then I get to the semis. I'm like, oh, if I don't win, like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be heated. <laughs> and I don't win, but and then you don't win. If anybody, like, I feel like it's gotten worse too. Like everybody's always like, you know, gotten mad at players about fantasy and stuff. But like, I feel like it was pretty bad on Sunday and yesterday, just with like athletes responding or like. Just in general, like, people really, really upset about their fantasy team, and they love to be public on social media about it. About it. Not, wouldn't be the route I'd go. Well, I just think, you, I just think you're going to see more and more people 
becoming more interactive and angry, not necessarily with fantasy, but as sports gambling becomes more mainstream mm-hmm. and more, uh, you know, can be talked about. It's not taboo to talk about gambling on teams anymore like it was when it was illegal and stuff like that. Right. So I think you're going to see more and more people getting angry, uh, really angry at people when they're losing all this money. Well, and then people just want to get players to respond, and then that's even more talking points, is that they're just sending stuff at these people, and eventually you're going to crack. Eventually, after you see so many times, oh, you stink, you cost me this, you cost me this. They don't care. Yeah, they don't owe fantasy players anything. (laughs) They're not out on the field like, oh, I got to catch this ball so Zach can win his matchup this week. (laughs) Well, they might be this week, Zach. You never know. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm, like, I'm content with my like, second place money. I know that I'm not going to win. It's fine. Do you want to congrats Little Mike on his championship right now on the air? M- little Mike, <laughs> man, me and you, we picked the order of the teams together at, via hats. Right! And collusion. collusion. <laughs> I'm very happy for you winning your championship. Congrats. Let me know when to Venmo you. Great Lamar Jackson pick, Lil Mike. That that's the winner. That's, that's the, the league winner right pick there. Pick of the year, that's yeah. That's the winner. Yeah. Ba- yeah. Baltimore players now banned. But, uh, but to go back to Zach's point, like I totally agree. Like Alshon Jeffrey on week fourteen absolutely knew that tanking lives matters needed <laughs> seven point whatever points yeah. to advance to the fantasy semifinals and was just like, you know what? Yo, yo, corner, come over <laughs> here. You see this leg? You're gonna take it out. I want to be carted off. So and, that tanking lives matters can tank successfully. And Philip Rivers knew just where to get me <laughs> because not only did he go and torch the Jaguars D and had them put up minus eight <laughs> when I lost by seven, then he came out this this week and the team he played against Minnesota had the highest defensive <laughs> scoring output of any team in the in defense for defense special teams this week. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Like where so you have the Chargers where they play um, the week before the Jacksonville puts up the lowest score in the whole Dude, you got to know that Jacksonville's just garbage. Yeah, but their team's so it's the, bad. It's not Jacksonville. It's the Chargers. It is Jacksonville. Where's Philip Rivers? He threw three picks on Sunday, and they scored a touchdown. Where was this in Jacksonville? <laughs> just a touchdown. Would have won me the game. It would have been seven Jets or eight. Does it, haunt you? Does it haunt you that if you didn't play defense, you'd win? Um, that game? It doesn't haunt me that much now because I played Ryan this week, and I mean, no matter who I played, my team would have gotten destroyed. My team stunk up the joint um, this week. So I'm, if I had gone off like this week, I would have been upset. But no, I mean, it, it's like whatever. Um, but yeah, if you want, like, throw me like a little money if you win <laughs> for playing Jacksonville. And playing Alex John Jeffrey, like, I'm not going to... Are you asking for your money back? Sir. For tanking in the playoffs? No. Is that, is that what I'm picking up? No. That's illegal. <laughs> I don't think the commissioner will do anything about it, even if he <laughs> yeah, if commis- it was. Commissioner's got no powers of fraud. I mean, I have all the money, so... Yes. Shout that, out. That's, that's where the real power lies. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> What's Nick going to do? Shout out, though, to all the fantasy owners out there. You know, it's a championship weekend for a lot of people, so... Thank you. Know, you. It's Appreciate a, that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in a fantasy championship. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Nobody, nobody cares about it's that. It's an one. up and down. Two. Oh. It is an up and down <laughs> experience that makes you want to rip your hair out. 
you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times. Will you be back next year, Dan? Oh, 100%. oh my god, yeah, dude! <laughs> I made it in six and seven, but I snuck in. You know, had a couple bad beats earlier in the season, but we <laughs> Matt Schaub, <laughs> you had a bad beat. You shouldn't even have been in the playoffs, sir. <laughs> beat me by point seven points, <laughs> capper. <laughs> Yo, poor, Sometimes it happens. Poor Clark, guy just missed out in the playoffs by what? six points four. Yeah, yeah. The season. and now he came in dead last. <laughs> now so. he has to do the losers' punishment. Yeah, but you know what? It. If I had beat Dan in that game, then I would not have been playing. I don't think I would have been playing you in that first round game, and then I would have lost. Facts. You're welcome, yeah. Zach. So Everything happens for a reason. I got yeah. you. If my team hadn't dropped a cool <laughs> 175 in week 13 and then put out an okay output week 14, I would have been playing either you or uh, whoever you beat. Uh, John- oh, yeah, you. Yeah, here's so- this out, though. I needed two players to get combined seven points, and they got negative eight combined, so. The defense played way before that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a skill. That's a skill right there. Hate to see it. Love to see it. Yeah, real players. It take anyone can start a player that gets zero. It takes real skill to start players that get Fendi. (laughs) Fendi. Just like when Dan said, almost picked all the games wrong in our tough. He was <laughs> one game away from picking the entire 1 o'clock slate last week wrong. Which was like, what, eight, nine games? Yeah. <laughs> that, that would have been more impressive than anything I've seen this year. <laughs> if, if, if Dude, this, oh. I had the biggest, like, opposite ends of the spectrum type of, like, two weeks. And then this past week, literally, like, almost hit every game. Yeah, you went off. But, yeah. Shout out you. I, yep. Shout out. Feel good story from Ryan. You Fendi. know, it was a good one. And to everyone... Uh, who's listening this semester? This is our last off-air show. Uh, we'll see on air. On air. We are definitely on air. The yes. light is on. Last on-air show of the semester. We'll see what we can do during the winter break in terms of episodes. Uh, but thank you all for, for listening. It has been the Mouth and Off Sports Show here on ninety-one point five uh, WBIM. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Meow. Merry Happy Holidays. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. And Happy we'll, Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. We'll see no, you next no time. Kwanzaa. Go to Paul. Older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze, country roads. Take me home. Teardrop in my eye, country road